Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. All right, here we are. We're live. Good morning. It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like the longest we haven't talked in a long time. Right, because we got a couple of podcasts in when we were in Chincoteague and and then we skipped, I think, last week because we were both like super busy, but I think we probably can't really skip weeks because then we don't get a chance to like do all of our well, Not even that. Like I didn't feel up. like we, we talked much over email too. Cause like, I know I was dealing with a lot of shit and you were, had a lot going on. It was like all the stuff I would normally along the way, like fill you in on. I was just like, I can't, I can't. It was I can't. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I, I'll admit, I was kind of, was like, when do we have brandy use this week? Cause I mean, I was, I was busy in a good way last week. So my, my life didn't shit the bed until this week. Right. So let's talk about the good stuff first, right? We had yeah. a show. We yes. had clients compete on Saturday in New Jersey. Thank you, baby Jesus. We they looked so amazing. Anne-Marie and Nancy looked um, absolutely amazing. I couldn't have been more thrilled with how both of them performed, how they, you know, their conditioning, how they looked. Um, and it's all kind of timely. I know we're actually, you know, we still have, you know, the next the third in our series of, uh, you know, the competition cycle stuff. And that'll be the peak week show day stuff. That, that is not what we're talking about today, but it'll be timely because we'll get to talk about that and you, you know, even use them as examples, but um, they did amazing hats off to the OCB promoters, uh, Paul and Lorraine. And uh, it was, I mean, not ideal. They worked their tails off to make this happen. We were limited to 20 people in the venue, 25 people in the venue. We had to wear masks. It was hot outside. The competitors had to stand outside and, you know, lots of spectators weren't allowed in, you know, friends and family, but you know what? It happened and the athletes all looked great. I, I mean, hats off to even all the athletes that competed because mm-hmm. honestly, like every single one of them prepped during a pandemic and they looked fantastic. So oh, yeah, I mean, it know, was clap, 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 clap. Right. You know, I, I think everybody did amazing and I was excited that we got a show in. I mean, it was cool that they used the outdoor space and, you know, thinking outside the box and how are we going to do this and be safe and creative. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, like I like this is going to be our life for a long time. Right. Yep. And like being, in person, shoulder to shoulder, like nobody's ever going to be comfortable with that again. We're all going to have PTSD. So it was cool. Just like, I think they kind of led the way on mm-hmm. how this can be done yeah. and, and streaming it online, I think was so successful. Yeah. I, I was watching it, you know, as I had other madness going on, but then, you know, I'm having clients like text me and email me live, like, Hey, I see this and what's that. And I've, it was such a great learning tool for me to use with my clients. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know about that. That's actually really good. Yeah. It would be like, wait, no, she's doing this. And what's that mean? And what, you know, cause there was a lot of people who, who normally can't get to a show. Right. They were able to watch it. And um, it was just from a coach's perspective, the online streaming was. Yeah. Hopefully they will continue doing that. Um, I I know that sucks because they lose money, right? I get that. Yeah. Well, but they're not really losing, they're losing money because they can't have spectators to begin with. Right. So it's not like it's taking one away for the other. They just, it's the only way to be able to, so, um, hopefully the OCB will keep doing that, um, at all their shows. So we actually do have another show coming up on September 12th in Norfolk. Um, I've been in touch with the promoters. It is happening. Yes, there is a limit to the number of spectators. I think in their case, they're limiting, it's up to 75 and, um, they can, I think they're still allowed to have a hundred people 
in a space, but everybody has to be six feet apart. And I think that there, so at the New Jersey show, everybody had to have a mask on at all times. Um, in the venue, it was, which was a hotel, it was a wonderful hotel, by the way, it was a cute little hotel up in, um, in uh, New Jersey. And, uh, but at the Norfolk show, they said they don't, the competitors won't have to wear their masks on stage, but they have to have them on at all other times. Mm -hmm. And they'll have to be six feet apart on stage, which obviously they'll mark up the stage so that, you know, yeah. everybody's six feet apart. And I think it's in an, an actual venue. So I think it's going to be on an actual stage. So it yeah. actually should be really nice. Now anything can happen between now and the next sure. four weeks. Right. So we didn't, we didn't know the parameters were going to change in New Jersey till the Monday before the show right. when the governor rolled back from hundred to 25. Right. So Anyway, we were, it was exciting. I think it gave um, the rest of our clients who were in prep a little boost of energy. Um, we have uh, the show in Norfolk and we have another client, um, Angela, who's competing that same day up in um, Michigan. So we'll have, you know, three clients competing on September 12th, one in Michigan and two in Norfolk. And then uh, the next show after that will be kind of our big team event at the uh, OCB Chesapeake. Uh, classic on October 10th. We have like eight clients competing in that. Yeah. And I've been in touch with Bobby. He has a new venue. Things are getting set in place. I think we're going to, we're, we're ready to roll. We're ready to roll for fall shows. So everybody yeah. wear your mask. Don't do right. dumb shit. Um, and we can get through this and we can have shows and we will be able to continue with some sort of normalcy-ish. Yeah, so anyway, that's the good news. And I you got a puppy. I got a puppy. In fact, that's what, like, you're probably going to hear screaming and screeching and whatever along the way because she's, I, they promised me they can watch her while I'm doing this, but who knows. But yeah, we got a little puppy Friday. So she's cute. She's super cute. She's so tiny. Like I gave her a bath and she's the size of like a squirrel basically. <laughs> I mean, like once I bathed When all her, of like, our hair is oh, like mat is matted down, I mean, she looks like a little squirrel. There's nothing. Like she's yeah. like the size of a rat. Probably yeah. not even a rat. I bet she's not even three pounds. Yeah. But you know, she's off to a great start. Like knock on wood, you know, as long as everybody in the house stays under control. She's had two accidents and that's because I trusted other people to watch her. And then, so I was telling you before, the allergy stuff is going okay. They're, they both had a reaction when we first brought her in, but it was just like allergy stuff, not asthma. Mm -hmm. And then everything's been good till yesterday and Katie had another, but again, like she doesn't wash her hands. So I was like, well, maybe this will solve two problems, right? Like, okay, wash your hands because if you get dog stuff in your eyes, your eyes are going to swell up. And also you should be washing your fucking hands anyway. So Well, and like you and I were talking before, you know, the kind of like suck it up factor that, that we all dealt with. I, I never really had allergies growing up, so I didn't really have that suck it up. You know, it wasn't like, a, oh, sorry, you're having a reaction, just suck it up. Um, but it may really help her, help them get over there. You know what right. I mean? It might will help build their immunities a little bit so they right. don't have the allergy anymore. I mean, that could be a good thing. Sucking it up might, might actually yeah. be a good thing. I mean, I don't know if there's any science behind that, but you know, my... Um, there, it doesn't have to be. I know, I know, I know. I know. I, I mean, that's good enough for me. I know my <laughs> truth. <laughs> that's good enough for me. I mean, we don't do science anymore here anyway, right? Fact, science. No, <laughs> no science. Matter. I'm, I'm going to say no to science. <laughs> whatever answer or makes Any me. actual information whatsoever. Fuck it. Okay. Right, exactly. So I'm hopeful. And what's funny is like we had, I mean, it's not like my kids didn't have dogs. We've had one billion dogs. And 
it was asthma attacks that was the issue. So that's not happening. We've never had this weird allergy thing before. So I'm like, you know, I feel like this is manageable. Yeah, but it'll be fine. We'll work through it. It's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Oh my God. What so, um, fuck? We don't really know. We'll come up with the topic of today's um, podcast after we're done talking. Oh, I told you. It's Fuck Politeness Part 2. This is Fuck Politeness Part 2. So go back and listen to, I forget what episode that was. It was fairly early on. In January. It was like, and we quote Fuck Politeness um, podcast. But um, I actually need to go back and listen to hear everything we talked about in that one. But um, I think this may also go fairly well with um, the podcast we did when we were in uh, Florida. That's what I was thinking the of. The call your mom, you're in a, call yes. your mom, you're in a bar. That's Tales what of, I was thinking you know, of. Women's right. advocacy and empowerment. So I think right. it's a little bit of both of those. These are the kinds of topics we're going to talk about today. Right? For sure. I, I mean, uh, this wasn't our plan. Just both of us had a shit show, weird stuff happen in the last week. You know, and, yeah. and in my experience, as I was going through it, I'm like, I feel like the universe is like, okay, you know, you talk a big game about all these things. Now let's see if you can do what you tell everybody else to do as far as the different practices. I felt like I ran through every single life skill practice. <laughs> well, okay. So I don't know anything about what happened to you. So um, we can, you know, I've, um, we've already sort of talked a little bit about mine and I posted about it on social media yesterday, but we can get into that. But I want to, um, I want to hear your story. I want, I want to know what happened last week. Well, and you know, like I've been struggling to even in my brain, like what, like, how do I talk about this? Because it's so stupid, yet it was so fucking infuriating. And I haven't been that mad in years, right? Like many, many, many years. So my week last week started with Tuesday, I come home from the barn and sit down to answer a couple of client emails. And my computer, my entire computer was wiped. Nobody knows how, right? But everything was deleted. I'm telling you, every file I have had since 2004 was gone. Yeah, that I do remember you telling me about. Yes. I, did get, I did get that information. I, I mean, you want to talk about the shittiest feeling ever. Have everything in your computer gone. So luckily it's backed up and it's in different places and it's fine and we're all going to be okay. And at that point, I was like, wow, this is the worst thing that's happening to me all this week. And I wrote it down on my notepad. So I'm like, oh, this will be a good story. You know, this will be my like dramatic story. Mm-hmm. If, only. if only. If only. So then that night, I go to the doctor and they can't find my IUD. I was like, what do you mean? You well, mean, oh, they can't find it like in, like, in your, up, in, up in your shit. Yeah, it's. It, in your lady parts, it's just missing. Right. I'm like, but wh- like, where, where could it go? <laughs> like, what? Where is it? Right. Mm-hmm. So that was a whole project. Did so, they find it? I mean, did they go on a search with like, I mean, <laughs> it was called in Did they go spelunking? <laughs> dogs involved. It was a real thing. Wait, was you spelunking? Did they go spelunking with like those <laughs> right. little head, those little headlines? Yes. <laughs> yes. It was, it was a lot. It How are lot. you feeling from that right? experience? Did they imagine? find it for real? So I had to go yesterday to get um, ultrasounds and x rays. Uh-huh. And they found it. So it's still there. It's still where it belongs. I don't know how things work up there or why they couldn't find it. I didn't ask questions. 
They verified it's where it's supposed to be and it's working. Okay. So, all right, I'm going to stop you for a second mm -hmm. with the, I don't know how things work up there. And I didn't ask questions. Fucking ask questions. Hey doc, why the fuck did you not know where that was? You have every no, right. I to, mean, to I, like I, they, she explained it to me. I just don't know where the cervix is in relation to the uterus in relation to the humpty dee. Like she explained it all to me. And I'm like, Okay, you know, the whole like, well, the IUDs can migrate sometimes and get in your uterine wall. And I'm like, well, how, like, I, where? Yeah, I've read up on that because you know how I feel about implanted devices in general, mm -hmm. right? Or things that are foreign objects in our right. human bodies that I don't actually think belong there. So I, I have done research on that. So it, it didn't wander off. Was okay, good. The bottom line, it's still there. You know, I was going to get it yanked out anyway if it had wandered off. So it's very strange. I guess it can move around. I don't know. Bottom line is it's fine. I'm fine. Just got to spend a lot more time in a hospital than I felt like spending. Mm -hmm. And what's really funny is the girl who was doing the ultrasound and, you know, it was the real up close, up personal ultrasound. Yeah, the one that they do like when you're very first pregnant, like right, the, 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 the vaginal ultrasound. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> she's doing it. And as she's doing it, we start talking and realize that she's the next door neighbor to one of my friends. So we're sitting there having this whole conversation about my friend and her family and she's moving. And I'm like, as this chick like has this wand like jammed up, yeah. like touching my nose. And I'm, like, oh. I'm like, only in South Riding, <laughs> like only in South Riding is the woman that's giving you transvaginal ultrasound your neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know, at least you're having a conversation that distracted you from that. But then I'm like, know? God, I hope I don't run into her at like a mom's group meeting or something. Well, you've already, she's already seen you up close and personal. Right, she's, she's seen your inside, so you're best friends for life. All. She's seen it all. Okay, so my big dramatic story, and I'm going to leave out the specifics. I have no problem telling you, but I'm going to try to talk in generalities because it is local people involved. But long story short, I have... I volunteer in an organization. It's a very large national organization and I hold a leadership spot in a local chapter. And I lead a certain project with another person and her mother, which was weird enough to begin with. So we led this project all last year. They were a bit challenging to work with, but like we made it happen. It's fine. Fought the good fight. They started getting, in my opinion, sort of strange, and we, we lead children, right? Five-year-olds. And they started getting very, like, wanting to exclude kids. And I was kind of ignoring it. And every time we would be asked to take on a new kid, I'd be like, sure, of course. And then they would fight it, and it'd be this whole thing. This was a mom and daughter pair that were fighting? Yeah, the mom's 50. The mom's 50, and the, the, da or the daughter's 50. The mom's, like, 75, who's okay. leading, and me. Okay. They were just hard to work with. Like they're just hard to work with people. So long story short, we were asked to take a child who was in a very tough family situation. And I'm like, of course, right? Like the whole purpose of this organization is to help little girls. We have plenty of capacity, right? We have like eight open spots. Well, they create this very nasty situation for the mom who is in a bad way. And it was very strange. I just kind of ignored it as they're weird people. Like, I'm not going to jump to conclusions that they're trying to do shitty things. Up until last week when we had a military family move back to the area and they asked for a spot. Again, in our group that we have plenty of room and they were nasty about it. Nasty, nasty. Like, 
like nasty, nasty, where I was like, okay, now we're up against a boundary of mine. Like nasty directly to the people or they're being na- like internally with you being nasty so, about it. With the, the first girl who wanted to join, who's, you know, who's in a bad family situation, they were nasty directly to the mom who's, you know, in a bad way, trying to find a place for her little girl, right? They were nasty to the mom. In this situation, it was me because the family approached me. I said, I will get you a spot, right? And so I approached these two leaders who I co-lead with. and was like, listen, a military family moved back. They have a girl the age that should be in our group, right? There's no reason to say no. This is what we do. I definitely think we also give military kids extra, you know, consideration. There's no reason not to. So the grandma came back immediately and was like, no, another girl, no. Like there's already too many kids and I don't want to deal with it anyway. I was like, what? So I wait a beat and then the daughter comes back, who's 50, same thing. No, not another girl. I don't want to do it. Too many kids. This isn't fun. So I was like, what in the actual fuck? So, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let me do my, like, let me re-explain to them the fact that this is very important to me. I'm not asking their permission. And like, they need to work with me on this because they've been just, everything's been like this. So I've been the one really doing all the hard work in the group. Cause like, you know, paperwork comes up. They're like, I'm not doing paperwork. So I do the paperwork. So I'm like, you know, I have done enough of the heavy lifting where this is important enough from an ethical and moral standpoint, in my opinion. And because the grandma actually said to me, that's their problem, that if the mom wants the girl to be in a group, she can go start her own. This is a military family who just moved back in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I... I okay. Like, meanwhile, I want to just rip their heads off. And I'm like, let me... Maybe they don't understand. So I email back and I'm like, I understand your concerns, but here's the deal. We have capacity. This is extraordinarily important to me. I'm not going to walk away from it. I cannot tell a family in need to go pound sand for no reason, just because you're not in the mood. That's not going to work for me. So can you reconsider? They both come back. No, no. In very shitty ways. So I'm like, fuck. I reach out to my leadership, just to check facts. So, and I know her. And I just like, listen, I want, before I make a thing about this, let me make sure I have my ducks in a row. Like we really can take up to 20. And that was a thing. We can take up to 20. We have up to 21 spots. We currently have 13 filled. The, the person asking for a spot would take us to 14. We're a long fucking way away from being maxed Capacity, out. right. Way away from capacity. And I do all the work anyway. So the argument of it's extra work is bullshit because I do all the work. So, you know, she, she says, yes, you're right. And I was like, well, here's a little bit what's going on. Like we have a difference of opinion. They don't want, oh, they come back in one email and said, basically, we didn't, we didn't want this girl and this girl and this girl anyway, like by name for a just shitty. And they, like, we didn't want this girl or this girl or this girl, but you, um, because you advocated for them, we relented. And so we're not doing this anymore. And it was kind of weird girls that I can't help but think leads me to believe that there's more to it, right? It wasn't just a numbers game. There's something personal there. Or something discriminatory. Discriminatory, yeah. Um, And their argument was they want an exclusive group. And I'm like, well, that's not how any of this works. 
So the leader, our leadership that I reached out to just to check facts, right? I, it was not dramatic to me at this point. It was, here's these two. I got to figure out a way to make this work with them. So they say your options are you should take the girl, right? I was like, well, I agree. The option two is you can break away and go lead a separate group and then they can do whatever they want to do, but you can have a group that's open to everybody. And I'm like, okay, granted, that's like 10 times the amount of work for me, but, but you're doing that, all the work anyway. So you're doing the work anyway. And I'm like, if that's what it comes down to, like, I am not going to arbitrarily discriminate against five-year-old little girls in a volunteer organization that's designed for inclusion just right. to be a shithead, which was right. what they're doing. So I was like, got it. So, you know, I, I got put my big girl panties on and wrote them back and basically said, I understand all your concerns. I reached out to check my facts and I understand that these are our two options. We can take the other girl or, or we can split up. I hear nothing from them ever, ever again. I hear nothing from them for like two days. And then it just blew up. So long story short, instead of replying to me and saying like, well, I didn't understand this meant this much to you, or like, I agree, we're not going to come to a conclusion. Let's divide our groups or anything else. They never respond back to me. They hate contact. Like they jumped the chain, like four levels up. Long story short, it turns into this massive, like five day ridiculous situation. They include, I mean, there was like, 20 or 30 people involved in this whole thing. They started lobbying all these lies and just, I mean, just nonsense. Now keep in mind, I've never to this day spoken to them again. They never came back and spoke to me. I'm getting calls from like senior, senior leadership. Um, all of this just, and they really started taking it out on our leadership. And I don't understand why, like they, they turned it into this thing that it never ever was. And taking a step back, I've come to realize they really were trying to discriminate and they got caught. And, you know, when somebody gets caught doing something shitty, they immediately like go to the nuclear option. Yeah. And that's exactly what fucking happened. And I was a little surprised <clears throat> because I really believed when I sent that email and said, here are our two options. I really thought they were going to come back and be like, okay, well, if it's that big of a deal with to you, fine, we'll take her and we all have an agreement. We stay at 14, right? Because that's what most people would do. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we would like most rational human beings who aren't trying to be shitty right. assholes. Well, it turned into this fucking shit show that stressed me and everybody out so bad. And it was just extraordinary how two people acting like assholes can like ruin the week of 30, 40 people. Right. I mean, because you got to drag everybody into your own bullshit. Everybody. And it was lies and it was nonsense and it was just fucking ridiculous, just nastiness that should have been resolved with them talking to me, right? Turned into a whole thing. So I get a call Saturday from a leadership person and it's like, listen, like you're not at fault on any of this. They're just being very difficult. But here's the thing, you know, we think it's obviously best to split up the groups. I'm like, okay, sounds great. I get a call like four hours later okay, change in plans. They've now been asked to, to lead the, leave the organization. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I hope so. I hope somebody took a fucking stand and ousted those little yep. assholes. So I don't have all the deal details about what happened because it escalated past me pretty quickly. And, um, 
they never reached out. I've never spoken to them again. So, <laughs> so they're out of the group and you're now leading it all by yourself. Well, so it gets better. So when they say, <laughs> when they say, um, they, they're now asked to leave any leadership position. They are being asked to resign. Uh, I say, okay, I'm sorry. Hang on one sec. Okay. Brandy's back. So, <laughs> so long story short, you know, I get contacted by the, the high leadership and they say they've been asked to not the leave grand poobah, the grand poobah contacted me. I didn't, I don't know what happened. I kind of wish it did. But here's the kicker. They said they still want their kid to be in your group. What? So that was my response. Wait, what? I was like, wait, wait, wait. They've caused all of these problems and they're extraordinarily disgruntled and hostile and behave as poorly as people can behave. And you want me to lead your kid? Right. You In want, my group. And meanwhile, you've never spoken to me about any of this. It should have, like, they've never once had the consideration to reach out to me, respond to me loop me in at all. So I was like, I don't want to. And I get the like, be a team player. I, you know, I don't. And of course it's around. not the little girl's fault, right? It's like not, that, that, her, thing. that her mom right. and her grandma are fucking assholes. So that was my thing. I'm like, well, you know, my entire, like the hill I decided to die on is every kid who needs a spot will have a spot in my group as long as I can legally provide it. Yeah. Period. And I was like, fuck, now I can't like, <laughs> get rid of this kid. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't understand how you people like did this whole thing, disrespected me, act so ill behaved, so disgruntled, but you want, you want to leave your child with me. Okay. Um, so I, I agreed to it. So this very formal, like lawyers are involved, email comes out to me and them saying like, here was, here's what the decision's been made. Here's their guidance. Here's my guidance. So their guidance was to basically shut the fuck up. My guidance was to now send a formal email to all the parents involved to let them know there's been a leadership change, but it's all going to be fine. And you know, we're, we're moving. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. fine. Everything's Just fine. send them all a, send them all one of those t-shirts. Right. Like here. And meanwhile, like none this is of our parents, motto. I've, and I've made sure none of these parents knew any of this was going on, even right. though some of them are my very close friends. So they, um, so I'm like, okay, this came out late, like Friday night, late, like seven o'clock Friday night. So I write back. I mean, there's people on here, like national, national level. I'm like, Roger, got it. I'll take care of it tomorrow. I get up at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm driving to the barn. I get a text from one of the parents. What the fuck is this email that came out at one in the morning? What the fuck's going on? I was like, what, what? Send them to me. So sure enough, these two dipshits oh. at one o'clock in the morning Fuck. sent two separate emails to all the parents that were just ridiculous, saying all this shit, causing drama, say, and saying they're hostile, they're disgruntled, um, they're leading the troop under duress, there's been a leadership, uh, difference in leadership that can't be blah, 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 and they've been forced out of the troop. I mean, direct directly against like the legal guidance we got a few hours ago well, and at one in the morning. So all the parents are like, now keep in mind, the parents knew these two were weird and knuckleheads. So there are of course parents all reaching out to me like, what the fuck's going on? So we have to go through this whole nut roll again, Saturday, right? Because now these two idiots did every, so long story short, 
it went back up. They're trying to get them completely removed from any, this organization permanently to include their kids, which is pretty much never happened. Like you have to be a pedophile or a complete fucking nut job. Yeah. So I think sometimes the pedophiles even get a stay. Right. <laughs> right. They're like, well, if you really promise. <laughs> so if we turn the, a blind eye, we won't know. Here is the most ridiculous part of this entire fucking situation. After all of that, the mom who was bringing in the 14th child has stepped up to co-lead with me a troop of the same 14 kids that I was asking them initially to just allow. So the only thing that happened at the end of the day was they created this gigantic legal situation. Like people were in tears. They were just so fucking nasty. I mean, like the anxiety and stress, I can't even explain it. Like I couldn't even think about anything else for a week. Cause it was just so, yeah, I know it, just it, takes it sounds over, stupid it takes to over. talk about it, but it does. It takes over your life. These two people who are being assholes to right. four-year-olds for no reason. So moral of the story, number one, don't be a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. It ruined, it, it's, you're going to ruin a whole lot of other people's weeks and it's unnecessary, especially exactly. right now. And so, so what I, right, so if we're talking about the themes of the fuck politeness and the advocacy and the boundaries and the, are people just doing the best that they can? So that, I was right? just going to bring that up. Because that, that's exactly what it is, right? It, yep. it comes down to these two assholes, yes, we can assume they're doing the best that they can. And if the best that they can is to be a fucking asshole, it is your job to set a boundary for yourself right. to not allow them to enter into your space, yep. right? And so all the things that you stand for, the integrity and the, you know, and, and all of that, you know, your core values, they stepped on, they, they crossed yes. the line, they crossed your boundaries. And even though it was an incredibly stressful, shitty situation that didn't need to happen, right? You could have not set your boundaries and went along. You're okay. Yep. Fine. It's fine. Just to right. not rock the boat, right? To not right. rock the boat and to not have that week of stress. You could have just, if had you just given in to their not wanting these kids, you know, or whatever the fuck, you'd mm-hmm. probably had you'd have had a more peaceful week. But yep. you would have felt like shit inside. This would have torn you up because it went against your core values, right? Like that you just back down to something that is so ingrained in you as a human being, like to the bottom of your core, right? The core values that we talk mm-hmm. about. And it would have eaten you up. And then what would have happened, right? So then we can talk about the downward spiral of what happens to you. Physic- I mean, yes, there was this stress, but you know, this very sort of high stress week that hopefully will now move on from that. Mm-hmm. But had you not had this really high stress week that was super shitty because you stood your ground, you would have had something that ate you alive for a lot longer, right? Oh, that, I mean, yep. You know, and could have, would have ended up causing a whole other shit storm of things for you, right? So, right. you know, and for these other poor kids that these you know, are innocent kids. and have nothing to do with it. So, so, you know, I applaud you for standing your ground and you did the hard thing. That's what it was. Yeah. You did the hard thing. And too many women in particular, men do it too. But I mean, we, you know, we really know that as women, we're people, we tend to be people pleasers and we're like, 
we want to go with the flow. We don't want to rock the boat. And it's just easier to go along with it yep. instead of let me go through this really fucking hard, you know, like, you know, David right. Goggins style, like callous your mind shit, right? Like, let me fucking do this really fucking hard thing now because on the other side of this, it's going to be better. Right. I then, mean, yeah. I, I, all the themes. You, it was you, all the themes. I mean, that's a perfect, <laughs> I mean, that's a perfect summary. Cause when I was going through it, I'm like, it's just, it feels so gross to have conflict like that. And particularly to have conflict when it's fucking pointless. Like it's one thing if, if you have a family member who needs help and you have to do an intervention and go through something yucky, but you know it. This, is, this was stupid and pointless. And, but to your point, I'm like, I'm in a situation now where these people are bullies. They're bullying me. They're bullying kids. They're bullying the families here. They're toxic. Yep. And I, I am all about giving people the benefit of the doubt, believe it or not. And I'm, as we're going through this in the middle of it, Jim one night looks at me and goes, do you still think everybody's doing the best they can? I was like, you better run. Like, I'll give you a two second head start. I'm going to punch you in the head. <laughs> and you're going to see like, me doing the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> to catch you. And, but it was really hard to struggle with that because, you know, like, listen, I played nice, but there was a lot of like screaming, like, you dumb motherfuckers, blah, blah, blah. And there was a lot of like angry emails I wrote that then just, went into the draft, you know? Oh yeah. God. I mean, angry emails. Oh, like that you, know, you never send, but they're good right. to type out. Don't send them. Right. I mean, I almost sent one. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm so fucking sick of even talking about this. And this isn't about my way versus their way. This was about people being shitty to other people. And like you said, even though it sucked, the obligation to stand up to that when it goes too far and it and you know you, my boundary quite typically is are you hurting other people right are your guys are now hurting other little girls for no goddamn reason other than you suck as being humans yeah so yeah, were they doing the best they could i guess but it's so shitty they should not be involved in this at all and i guess clearly that was seen but anyway i just thought it was really funny because i it did like as I was going through it, like it's checking all the things. And I'm like, all these things that I tell my clients to do when they're in a bad way and that we talk on here, I haven't really like done a master class in it as I did this week of, you know, can I put my money? Because it also would have been very easy for me. And I picked up my phone more than once to call one of them and just, I mean, quit. I know how I am. Quit. To quit. Well, there was a point where I'm like, I'm fucking quitting. I'm pulling my kid out. Nope. Now I'm just calling. I'm going to cuss him out. Nope. Now I'm going to send a blast email and, you know, put them on notice that they fucking suck. Right. It was hard to keep it on perspective as to what I was really trying to accomplish. And that was holding my boundary of my value. Mm -hmm. The fact that they suck as humans, it was not my job to make sure they knew that, which in my previous life, I would have 100% thought was my job. It is my job to make sure they know how bad they suck as humans. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was I, I would say for yes. me, you know, it, it all worked out and, um, you know, I kind of look back on it and every, that whole, everything happens for a reason. And that clearly was a reason. And now I kind of think like I, it maybe had to get dramatic to get them completely removed from access to these kids. Cause if you're that fucking toxic, yeah, you don't want them around upset people's snowflakes, you know, and that could have, you know, and that could have, had you not done this hard thing 
you know, you could you you could have kicked the can, you could have sat back, you could have quit. I, I thought about all, it. I won't lie. You could have done all those things, right? Those would have all been the much easier things to do. Mm-hmm. But now you have probably made everybody who's involved, except the two assholes, lives easier. And you know what? You might have made their lives easier. <laughs> I think I might have. Because, you know, clearly they shouldn't be in this shit. And again, you know, we can, we can, yes. So going to, you know, and I can't reiterate enough that going to the people, you know, because we've talked through this, we, you, we will always struggle with the people are just doing the best that they can when people are, and we'll just, not just being assholes, but like killing people, hurting, like physically sure. hurting people and stuff like that. But the reality is, Yes, I do believe that. But it is up to me to set boundaries when their best does not work with right. what my core values are, what my boundaries are. So so somebody being an asshole and that being the best that they can mm-hmm. do with whatever skill set they have, right? Assuming they do not have my amazing, you know, toolbox of skills, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's it's not my job to fix that, but it's also not my job to um, be their punching bag, right. right? It's my job to set boundaries so that their best doesn't Hurt impact other my life or other people's lives, right? So yeah. it's not just my life. If I see somebody's best at being an asshole is impacting other people, I, I can't turn a blind eye to that, right? Yeah. Like it's, I mean, you have to, you do have to pick and choose your battles, but this was something again, at your core, not okay. Right. And it would have eaten you alive. It would have been detrimental to you to not stand up to the bullies and do what needed to be done. A hundred percent. So I think my summary in the whole thing, my biggest epiphany out of this train wreck was the fuck politeness moniker does not just apply to women protecting themselves from men. It absolutely applies to you protecting yourself from anybody to include other women. Cause that's, that's basically, I hit that boundary where I'm like, all right, fuck politeness. I can't be polite anymore. You've yeah. gone too far. And I have the right to protect myself and these other people. It's right? to protect yourself from, I know we've, we've pretty much talked about it in, in the respect of protecting yourself from men, but it is to protect your boundaries, right? It is to yes. protect yourself from any outside influence that does not jive with your core values, if it makes you feel bad, if it makes you, you know, feel anything other than what you should feel, then you have a right to stand up for yourself. The fuck politeness, right? Whether it's female bullies, kid bullies. Yes. We have a client who's been struggling with, you know, some kind of online bullying of some Mm -hmm. sort. She hasn't been super specific, but I know she's been working through this herself. Um, and I think doing a good job at it, but, you know, working through some of these same things, like I'm pretty sure it's females that are, you know, probably yep. giving her a hard time and impinging on her, you know, personal well-being and, you know, her mental well-being and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, you just have to, and you know, what's really, you know, what's really interesting that I'll, I'll even, I'll even throw out there and you can tell me if you think I'm nuts. I think we have to protect ourselves from ourselves sometimes too. Yeah. Because, right, and so this goes to that be your own best friend right? that we we talk about a lot, right? So if I'm bullying myself, yeah, right, we've talked about this, if I'm beating myself up for this, that, or the other thing, or saying bad things about myself, or impinging on my own peace, 
because mm-hmm. of something I'm allowing other people to do to me or I'm doing to myself, right. then I've got to stand up for myself. I know this sounds yeah. like, you know, no, I'm going to have a split personality and, you know, I'm going to be like yeah, but me, myself and Irene exactly crazy. Right. I think that's exactly right. We have to be able to stand up for ourselves, to ourselves, from ourselves, by yeah. ourselves, other people. You know, it's, it's, um, I just had, that was just an epiphany that I had. No, like, that's, I mean, that's the, that, yeah, that was kind of my takeaway too, that this, <clears throat> the fuck politeness, it really means a lot more, I think, than we initially, you know, of course, yes, you have every right to tell anybody, basically you have any right to tell anybody who is making you uncomfortable to take a fucking flying leap. To fuck off. To, yeah, to either change to include yourself. (laughs) Yeah, to include yourself. So, anyway, so that was my big, like, ultra dramatic. Your story is much more, um, you know, there was like safety oriented. (laughs) Mine, like, nobody was going to get physically hurt. Well, that's not true. If that bitch had walked (laughs) by my house at some point, I feel like somebody would have got physically hurt. But Mm. thankfully, she has not walked by my house. Well, but you know what? I'm not going to belittle your, you know, it's relative, right? The situation Mine was is more relative. Emotional trauma. Yours, is, you yours have... is a different type of trauma, but as we know, emotional trauma, you know, it could have been, you know, more emotional trauma to these poor children right. and, you know, these, these families that were in need. I mean, Jesus Christ, are we not going through enough trauma as human beings in general, right, right now? So, um, right you know, just trying to, you know, be fucking kind to each other. So your situation is relative. It's no more or less than, you know, my situation. Well, let's hear yours. Um, I, I haven't heard this story yet. Just, I mean, I think. <laughs> I think you, you got a like two sentence email. And you previewed a, a it little It was bit. kind of like, fuck my life. Um, I can't make this shit up. So I got I to gotta hear this because this is important. Yeah. So this is going to be more along the lines of, you know, physical impingement <laughs> of space and not, not, I mean, not to me in general, although I guess there was some physical safety of me involved, if you ask my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, yesterday, you know, you guys have heard me talk about my neighbor who I used to lovingly call Samuel Jackson, and now I'm not going to give him that benefit yeah, of the right. doubt anymore. Um, and the reason why we called him that is because he, I mean, look, y'all know I like to cuss, but I have never heard anything like the what I hear come in from the backyard <laughs> when he's having his parties and dude has got the loudest, biggest mouth like ever on the planet. I heard I him hawking loogies at your house the yeah, other day. Yeah, you heard the hawk and the loogies. That was awesome. Were on away. I mean, I was like, did you please tell me you just heard that? Because I, I don't I, want to think- I did think it was you for a minute. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I was disgusted with him as a human being simply because he had zero respect for his neighbors, right? Um, and that he was throwing parties all through the pandemic. Um, so, you know, I, uh, long story short, I had just gotten back from, uh, walking Percy yesterday morning. Um, I just come in my door, literally taking her off the leash, getting ready to make my breakfast. Um, and, uh, there's a knock at the door, you know, my, my ring is being rung. Um, and I, I grab open the door and it's my mother-in-law with her dog who my dog hates, by the way. So my dog absolutely wants to fucking chew Olivia's head off. Um, so I'm, I'm immediately pissed that she's standing at my door with the dog because she knows better, right? Like it it drives me nuts. And she's, she's just, she's very frantic and she's like, um, your neighbor just got beat up again. And I was like, oh my God, is it the Hispanic woman? So there, there's a Hispanic family down the street. I'm sure I talked about this in a much, yeah. this was a back in- That was in the fall, right? Uh, it was in October. It was actually yeah. right after um, the, the Chesapeake show. I, I happen to remember it was that night. 
Um, there's a Hispanic family that lives four houses down the street from me. And the woman, uh, we saw her get beat up by her husband in the driveway and we had to call the police. I thought it was her. Um, I run out the door and um, I, grab, well, I grab my cell phone and I run out the door and I go around the corner and this woman is hiding in my driveway. And it's not the Hispanic woman. It is the girlfriend of my neighbor. We're in the I've, driveway. I just want to visualize. She's that. literally standing by my garage door. So she's, oh, she's just, just in your driveway. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I run out the door. And, you know, we have a lot of brush in our front right. yard. So, um, you know, she could not be seen where she was okay. from, from his house. Right. He, he lives directly to the left of me. And she was almost as far to the right as you can get standing in front of my driveway, uh, my garage door. She's in tears. Her forehead is bleeding. <sighs> um, I mean, she just looks disheveled. Um, I ask her quickly what happened. Um, at, through her tears, it was hard for me to understand everything that she was saying, but clearly I knew she had had the shit beat out of her. <sighs> um, and uh, so I called the police. And, um, you know, so long story short, from that perspective, uh, the Bowie City Police, I'm going to tell you right now, and I've already, I have sent an, an email to uh, the officer who responded. She's part oh, of, good uh, what for you, officer, uh, her name is MPO E. Saunders, um, and she works for the City of Bowie Police, the direct response unit. So I'm guessing it's some kind of special unit. Oh, is it separate domestic? Dom domestic violence, oh, I'm guessing. Great. Um, and I'm pretty sure she's the same one that responded back in October, although she didn't seem to remember, she didn't acknowledge that she remembered because that was a while ago. And she probably responds to a lot of these. I was going to say, she's probably responded to 2,000 million yeah, of these. Especially, especially now. But anyway, I did, I, I sent her an email of commendation and I'll kind of get into that. Yeah. But because um, she was, she was amazing. So she was the first one on the scene. Um, she's actually a very, a, a fairly slight, you know, woman, um, yeah. you know, maybe just a little taller than me. Um, <clears throat> She shows up. Um, I, of course, my, you know, I was trying to relay when I was on the phone with the cops. I mean, they sent the cops very quickly. It was like almost like as soon as I hung up. But I was on the phone with the cops for, you know, a period of time because it starts with PG County and, they, and then they transfer you over to Bowie City. And, um, you know, I was trying to relay the information. But she could barely talk. She was just, <sighs> she was just a wreck. So anyway, so they show up. I get her. Um, they actually had wanted me. They asked me before the police got here to take her inside and lock the door because we didn't yeah. know, right? So in right. that moment, I'm not even thinking of my own safety. Right. Of course, God bless my husband. He is. Why? Because we have a ring. He's watching everything and listening to everything on the ring. Oh, that's so, so smart. He knew it immediately when his mom came to the door that, that something was, was wrong. going on. So, you know, all the way until the police got here. So he had called our neighbor, Nate, to the right-hand side. To, he had called our neighbor Nate and was like, and he, he was even, he's at work watching this. He's terrified for my safety. Right. And so he has Nate come over just to make sure, you oh know, he's God. like, can you just go over until the cops get there? Cause he doesn't know. I don't fucking right. know if this nutball is going to come across the right. street come and go over after her again. Gun or go after, yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, once the police get here, Maureen and, and Nate, you know, they left. And so, um, and then some male officers showed up. We ended up with like four or five cops and, uh, you know, the EMTs came to check her out as well. Um, so is he still in the house while all this So was he going? was still in the house while all of this was going okay. on. Um, so the female officer was here with us. The male officer, once he arrived, went to, you know, deal with him. Uh, the female uh, officer Saunders was getting, you know, all of her information and, you know, kind of trying to get an idea of what happened. Um, what, and so, so to me, so I, I, the part of me that felt a little bad is I don't, 
I don't know my neighbors really well. I know my neighbors, Nate and Kelly, really well because we, we talk to them all the time. Um, the, most of our na- our neighborhood's very different than like yours or like, you know, my, my cousins, like where everybody knows each other and everybody right. hangs out. We don't, that just doesn't happen in this neighborhood. Like it's, it's a, um, you know, it's a, it's a very di- racially diverse, ethnically diverse, working class family kind of neighborhood, right? There's white, black, Hispanic, Asian. I mean, like everybody lives here. Um, but they're all kind of to themselves. Like we're just yeah. not that community. So I, I had never met her. In fact, I, aside from maybe seeing her hop out of her car and go in the house and definitely hearing them hooping and hollering when they're all drinking on the back porch, I'd never seen her before. This is the first time I'd ever seen her up close and personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so she doesn't know me from Adam but I'm trying to make her feel comfortable. I'm trying to make her feel safe. Um, and she was so, in, all, all she kept saying was how embarrassed she was. I'm so oh, embarrassed. Shame. I'm so embarrassed. Shame. She's like, she's like, I have no shoes on my feet. My hair is a mess. I, I can't, she said, like, I don't know what oh. I look like. She's like, do you have a hair tie? I just want to put my hair I'm up. I like, cry hearing yeah, about it. It was, and, and if I cry, I, 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 I may, because it, it, it was tough, right? And to watch her go through this, and so I get her a hair tie, because if it made her feel a little bit better, got her some water, yeah. um, and just trying to make her feel safe. But this is a woman who's only a year older than me. This guy's 60s. Oh, is he in his 60s? Yeah, so he's born in 1956. She's born in 1970. Oh, God, he's older than my mom. Yeah, so he's my mom's age. Um, he's old enough to fucking know better. For um, sure. And he's an attorney and was. We can only hope. Um, so, you know, she's a younger woman. Um, and I, you know, through this two hour ordeal with her, she, <sighs> she was on my front porch for two hours and, you know, <sighs> she just couldn't get through it. Right. Like she, she struggled to talk about it. She struggled, um, and what she kept repeating over and over and over was how embarrassed she was. That was the number one theme. Yeah. Um, that she, how hard this was and how painful yeah. this was. Painful physically. I mean, yes, her head hurt, her arms hurt, her neck hurt. He tried to choke her. He slammed her head into the floor. Jesus. Um, he dragged her by her hair. He backhanded her across her face. Um, this is she, at eight in the morning on a Tuesday morning? Yes. Um. So how we got there. So, so what happened, what had happened was, what happened um, was. so, and I could smell alcohol on her. Oh. So I had been drinking the night before. Um, this is not a victim blaming, shaming nope. of anything. Right. But she, there clearly had been alcohol the night before they had gotten into an argument Monday night. Cause remember these people party all nights yeah. of the week. Like a Monday is might as well be Saturday as far as they're concerned, which is part of my problem like in the spring when oh, I want to yeah. have my windows open and I got to listen to the nonsense. Um, that's Any- a fucking problem. Right. So um, they got into an argument. He kicked her out. She slept in her car. Yeah. I am guessing she slept in her car because she was probably too, too impaired to drive there. home. He doesn't so live there. So she did live there. I didn't realize she had actually moved in there for a while. They've been dating for, I guess, a year, year and a half. She did live there for a while. She had left five, six weeks ago. I'll get to that and why. <sighs> but she had just come back because she thought things would be different. <sighs> um, he kicked her out. She slept in her car. She said she went to go drive away that morning and realized she didn't have her sh- She had no shoes. She had no purse. She had no cell phone. It was still in his house. She had his garage door opener. She went 
to try to go in the house to get her stuff. Oh. Um, he asked for his garage door opener back. She went to give it to him. I guess some argument ensued from there. And that's when he backhanded her, knocked her to the floor, and then the fight ensued. Um, and things got very physical. Oh. It sounded like it went on for maybe 10 minutes or so. And it's interesting because when I walked Prissy, I walk by, when I loop around the neighborhood, I go by their house first. I go that direction. You should, you should go walking by with your pit bull and your Akita. Oh, I, oh, oh, he's, he's on fucking notice. Um, so anyway, I thought I had heard something going on, but I didn't hear screaming, yelling, nothing. I just heard stuff. I just heard banging around. So I just figured they were out. I mean, my house typically sounds like that too. Yeah, exactly. So nothing I would have thought to be anything. And 15 minutes later, there she was barefoot in my driveway. Um, so anyway, so he beat the shit out of her. Um, he dragged her by her hair out of the house and then she ran. So that's how she ended up on my porch. Um, cause she ran into Maureen. She ran into my mother-in-law, who was out walking Olivia. My mother-in-law does not walk with her cell phone, which she needs to. If you walk, if you are out walking, you have, I don't care who you are, you need to have a cell phone, if not for your own safety, or potentially somebody else's safety, right? Yes, these situations. So thankfully, she happened to be in front of my house, and she ran to get me with my cell phone. Um, So yeah, so we, I, you know, I spent a good amount of time with her, um, and, um, you know, the officer wanted to take pictures of her injuries and she was so afraid he was going to see her. So the officer wanted her to come out into the natural light. So kind of go back into the driveway from my porch. And at that was the exact moment they were basically perp walking him out of the house. Uh-huh. And, you know, they had him standing out front here, handcuffed okay. and, um, but she didn't want him to see her. Right. Yeah. So, you know. The officer was incredibly kind, incredibly gentle. It was like, you know, not rushing her. Take your time. Like, we'll, <sighs> we'll go at your own pace kind of thing. Um, you know, got that taken care of. It really checked her out. I mean, she had marks all up and down her arm from trying to protect her face. She had, you know, the, uh, I'm watching her cheek well up, you know, as, as we're sitting there. And, of course, she had a giant knot on her forehead. Um, but the biggest thing, right, She she was so worried about him yeah she didn't want him to be arrested she didn't want him to get in trouble she didn't want him to lose his attorney's license um oh and you know what fuck you his name is john mowry the third he's a fucking attorney in dc and apparently works for the dsa so if anybody out there knows any Right. If anybody out there fucking knows anything about anything, fuck you, John Mowry. You're fucking on my list. Well, I mean, you could look up who hit the blotter last night, and that's public information. Yeah. So John Mowry the third likes to beat the shit out of women, and he's yeah. So don't be him. So if he tries to like swipe right on you or whatever, yeah. don't. However say that bye, works. Say bye. Say bye. Um, bye. Um, yeah. So she was worried about him. Uh, thank Which God. Thank normal. God. Thank. God, the laws say, not up to you whether or not we arrest yep. him. He put his hands on you. That's illegal. We're taking him to jail because thank God, thank God that has changed because that is right. not the way it that always wasn't has the law been. for a long no. time. And my neighbor, my neighbor Kelly across the street, she's um, done. Uh, she was a special. Uh, she was a victims advocate attorney, so she she's got a lot of experience in all this. Oh, good. Um, and her husband said that that's why she walks dogs now. I mean, that's right. like a super stressful like thing to be, right? So imagine. Um, yeah. So, so was this the first time? I'm guessing no. not. 
nope, she said this has happened before, although this was the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, she did keep repeating that she can't go back. She can't go back. She can't go back. Of course, me and the officer, I mean, I would say that we tag teamed very well, right? Like, and, and I could tell it was really interesting. So everything we coach on, right, mm-hmm. that while we're not typically coaching our clients on physical violence with their, mm-hmm. you know, spouses or loved ones, um, the, the tools and the coaching strategies that we use are no different right. than everything this officer was saying. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm jiving with everything she's saying. Yeah. I was like, there's no doubt she's had special training in this. I, you know, I, everything I'm hearing, um, is everything we coach our clients on. So I'm, you know, we're just kind of bouncing back and forth off of each other, trying to, you know, help this woman, yeah. um, to see that, right. Like this, you know, this isn't love. Um, right. And, you know, regardless of what this man's own fucking trauma issues, he clearly hasn't worked through are, because apparently he has some, right? Like, is there some of the questionnaire that they ask is to, you know, to kind of find out what's the deal with the guy, right? Of course, you know, does he have weapons and all this other stuff, which he doesn't, thankfully. Um, He hit her with a humidor, which took me a hot minute to remember what the fucking humidor was. It's a cigar box. Oh, oh. Oh, I was like, a what kind of door? Somebody with. I was like, a what kind of door? I, c- I couldn't, I couldn't get it for about five minutes. Um, but yeah, you know, when she said, she's like, I'm, you know, all, all of the typical, I hate having to, you know, the cop even said, I'm not going to call you a victim. I'm going to call you a survivor. He said, cause a lot of women don't, don't get to be survivors. Right. She yep. said, I'm, I'm not going to call you a victim, but she, but everything I heard her say was straight out of a Lifetime movie, right? It's everything you hear about abused women, right? It's, um, you know, there was the excuses for why he did it, right? So right. apparently yeah. he doesn't just drink, but he also likes to impart on cocaine. Which, oh, Jesus. Which is super good in combination with alcohol when you clearly already have issues, right? Um, it was really interesting to hear her. You know, she literally, she was like, he has these levels where he's like, she, she talked about these levels he has where he's just like super chill and then he's funny and then he's all emotional and then he's angry. And I said, I'm guessing those levels go up with how much he drinks. And she said, yes. Right. And then she kept the loot. She kept saying, there's more, there's more. I know there's more. I know what it is. She kept saying, I know what it is. Like she, like there's almost these excuses as for why he did what he did. Right. right? And you know, the officer and I both said, you know, yes, you know, not everybody is violent when they're not on substances and substances change the chemicals in your fucking brain. And it, he, then he becomes violent. So maybe he's never struck a person in his life or been a violent person in his life until he has these substances in his body, but that doesn't excuse it because he is, you know, he is making the, the choice to right. do things that are making him a violent right. person, right? It doesn't so, matter why you're doing it. Nope, doesn't matter why you're doing it. I mean, and I would say she was blaming herself because apparently she did leave five, six weeks ago yeah. and came back. And came back. So I think she had just, my, what I got out of it is that she had just learned about the cocaine use and that's when she left. But then she came back. She thought things would be better and um, clearly they weren't. Um, so did he get booked in on drugs too or just No, no because she violence? wouldn't talk about the cocaine in front of the officer. She told me that oh, privately. Okay. Um so no, and it would have been, I mean, what, like possession if anything. I mean that's Well, no, not cocaine. Isn't cocaine always like a like class 
it, whatever I think it, it depends is. on how much they find, you know. I mean, like, I don't no. hang out with a lot of coke heads these days, so I don't wow. I'm, I'm running on my uh, drug law. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, so, uh, no, the officer didn't know about that, but, um, you know, at the, at the end of it, um, you know, we, I, I, I made sure she understood that, you know, because she was like, I don't want to tell, she has grown daughters. She doesn't want to tell her daughters. She doesn't want to tell her family. She's embarrassed. You know, and of course we were trying to get her to see that, you know, this is her, like, this is like, this is your rock bottom. Like this super sucks. There's no doubt, but this is now your chance to kind of start climbing back up out of this. Um, and, and I use the be a best friend to yourself because she talked about how she said, if this was my daughter or my best friend or my mom, she said, I would. Oh yeah. He said, I would be you guys. I would be telling right. her, I would be telling, you know, get the fuck out. I'm, you know, we're going to, you know, this and that and the other thing she goes, and I can't do that for myself. Yeah. He, she talked about how, and so and the reason why I'm saying these things is because if there's women listening or men and you, these things resonate with how you talk to yourself or things that are going on in your own life. And she said her best friend made a comment to her once that, she said, her best friend said to her that she said, you know, you're always talking about how he feels and what he thinks and what's going on with him. You never talk about how you feel. Right. This is what her best friend said to her before all the violence, stuff, right? So clearly this has been a tumultuous relationship to begin with um, for her best friend to say something like that, right. right? So people are probably seeing stuff that maybe she wasn't seeing. Um, but I, that's what I, I, I told her, I said, you, you, you have to be able to do these things for yourself, right? If you wouldn't allow these things to happen to somebody else you love in your life, your daughters, your mother, your best friends, then you absolutely cannot allow these things to happen for you. Yeah. And from what I was able to gather, she's, she's a very professional woman, right? Like she has a professional, very professional career. She's smart. She's educated. Um, so, you know, I get, I get the embarrassment factor. Sorry, I, <laughs> I, I push pause for a second. So oh, I, I, I get where she's coming from. You know, it's the, this doesn't happen to educated, uh, strong oh. females like me. Right? I, I, I mean, I've been there, you know, right. I've I mean, so, so I get like everything she said, I understood like there were, you know, but but, you know, and I try, I tried to use some of, you know, some, some of our coaching techniques on just helping to, you know, walk her through that, like, let, let's start loving you right now, right? Like, the, this isn't, this isn't love. Yeah. This is not how love doesn't hurt this way. Um, so anyway, when she left, I told her, I said, look, I understand if you don't want to talk to any of your friends and family about this, but I'm an impartial party. I sat here and I, I, I know the whole story. I, um, I said, I know you don't know me, but I heard everything the officer said. So if you need a second pair of ears, cause you're in an emotional state and you didn't catch everything. Um, or if you just want somebody to talk to who knows without telling the other people who are close to you, um, obviously, you know, getting therapy would a professional therapist would be an even better option, but you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here. Um, so that's, that's how it ended. Um, that was my second, um, my second domestic violence in 10 months in my neighborhood within seven houses of me. Um, and then I had a close relative who decided that they wanted to tell me about all of their, um, their physical abuse. Um, right. 
and that's a whole other issue. And, you know, I won't get into that, but apparently, um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad people feel comfortable sharing that with me. I mean, this is, this is what I do as a coach, what I, who I am as a human being. It's part of what, you know, my core values and what I want to be. Um, but it's, I will say it's incredibly difficult to take on people's emotions like that. I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked about that even from a coaching mm-hmm. perspective and how it's, easy it is to get burned out because of the types burden. of coaches that we are. Um, but you know, moral of those stories, right? So, so here's the thing, here's what I'm going to do or not going to do now for, for my, my friend who lives next door. I'm not even gonna call right. him Samuel anymore because that's endearing because I like Samuel Jackson mm-hmm. and guy's a fucking piece of shit scumbag. Yeah. Let you throw a party that's even a little above the decibel that I'm okay with. I'm calling, call, the, cops. Call, I'm calling the fucking cops. Yep. Every fucking single time. Oh, I feel great. like if I see her car in his driveway, I'm gonna call the cops. I'll make some fucking shit up. I heard some screaming and I heard something over there and I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I got no problems with it. If she, I mean, it's she, okay to be a nosy neighbor. I'm going to be a fucking nosy neighbor, right? Like I've always been a nosy neighbor and Eric sometimes gets mad. He's like, you're like, he'll see me like peeking out the window right. and like, looking out the, the same way. He's like, you're such an old lady. I was like, I don't fucking care. Especially now I'm fucking watching my neighborhood. You know what yep. I mean? Like I, yeah. you look, and ever since it, that happened with the, you know, the family down the street, I watch everything. I mean, I, I pay way more attention to that house when I drive by, when I'm hearing noise outside. Um, unfortunately, I see their recycling bin quite literally overflowing with beer bottles every single Monday, yeah, Monday which, morning. So I know that's not, I know. Nothing, nothing good about that. Nothing good about that. And I know the people next door to me drink very, very heavily because this is just, this is what I hear, right? Like I, I know this is going on. Um, so, you know, no. I am not being a quiet neighbor, right? I'm not okay with turning a blind eye. I'm not okay with pretending this doesn't happen in my neighborhood. And yeah. if you live in a neighborhood where everybody sort of keeps to themselves or pretends to be perfect on the outside, you should be paying a fucking attention to what's going Absolutely. on with your neighbors and your friends and your family members. Um, so yeah, he, he, he got out of jail. I saw him come home. Oh um, yeah. Right before I took Nick to school, uh, to work last night, not school. Cause they're never going back to school. Um, <laughs> to, to work last night ever, um, to work last night. And I, I looked right at him he looked in my dress. So, you know, it'll be really interesting to see. Cause again, we don't really have a relationship with right. him, but every once in a while he, cause Eric's outside more than me. Cause he's always outside working on the lawn. Right. So he sees him more often and they'll do the you know the not, friendly na- the friend or the friendly neighbor like oh my god your yard looks great what are you yeah. doing you know this kind of thing and i asked eric i said well what are you going to do the next time you know i said he may not you know if he maybe he'll be embarrassed by it i'm not sure i doubt it um and he'll want to hide in his house and like not say anything but i asked eric and i was like well what are you going to what are you going to say the next time he wants to just do the friendly neighbor like, Oh, your grass looks great kind of thing. Just ignore him. And Eric said, he said, I'm, he said, I'm going to flat out tell him I got nothing for you, John. I got nothing for you. I I mean, it goes back to like what we talked about a little bit ago, right? Do you still believe that everybody's doing the best they can? I do. And here, and unfortunately his best is a fucking coked up wife, women, woman abuser. Right. Right. So I guarantee you. So ladies, listen, that's not love. Mm-mm. Physical, emotional abuse. Love is does not hurt. Point blank. Period. Not love. Mm-mm. Leave. Don't go back. Right. The officer was saying. She said 
this is a new relationship. If this is go what's going on in a year, she's like, it's not going to get better with engagement. It's not going to get better with right. marriage. It doesn't get better with kids. Doesn't It does not get better. Right. Um, here's what I'll say about the doing the best that you can. Yes, I do believe this. And actually, um, my client Kelly, my new client Kelly, posted this little YouTube video in the, the thread of my post yesterday because I, I was just so bent out of shape about the whole thing. Yeah. It was a really interesting video. It was um, this young black man carrying his, his, little, his daughter. And apparently he must do a lot of YouTube videos. But he was talking about how men should not have babies. This was in reference to children. Until you deal with your own unresolved trauma bullshit, right? Like you can't, you can't pass this shit on to your kids, right? Like if you got some unresolved shit, don't fucking have kids. Don't get married. Don't try to have a family. Deal with your shit first, right? Yeah. So and that was kind of the gist of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I got the impression from the questions the officer asked her with this form that she had to fill out. So apparently he had tried to kill himself at some point. Um, so there was a suicide attempt at some point. I don't know when, but at some mm. point in his life, he had shared that with Katrina, uh, the woman. Um, and uh, she said, but not since we've been together. So there's something going on with him. So whatever it is. So if there is some unresolved shit in his life, drug, alcohol abuse, for whatever reason, yes, this man is doing the best that he can. However, your and the mm -hmm. officer said this several times, boundaries. You've mm -hmm. got to have boundaries. Right. So him, and, and you know, the officer kind of, I mean, I, I will say, you know, she was kind of saying the same thing. Like, you know, he's, this, this is who he is. He's showing you who he is. So and that's that, the and quote. That that, is, and that is who he is, but you got to have boundaries. That's the quote that kept going through my head. Um, it's Maya Angelou, I think, who says, I think it's when somebody idea. shows you who they are, believe them. Believe them the first time. Yep. When they exactly. show you who they are, believe them the first time. Yes. It doesn't get better. You're not going to be the one to fix it. I could see and hear it in her voice that she felt bad for him because yep. of these issues. Because, you know, she talked about how when he, you know, that one level of when he's drunk and he gets emotional and he shares things with you that he wouldn't share normally. So clearly there's some stuff to share. Right, he's got some baggage that he is sharing, but then of course it goes to the next level where now that I've shared with you, I'm gonna beat the shit. Yeah, out I'm gonna you. smack the shit out of you because I'm angry about the shit that I haven't fucking resolved. Right, so mm. okay, fine. You know what, John? Go do you. Yeah. But female ladies, set your boundaries. If his shit interferes with your safety physically or emotionally fuck politeness not your job to fix it he's not your project you're not his therapist you're not right. his fucking punching bag well and that's the that is the great thing about physical harm it is not black and white right or, i mean it is black and white where emotional stuff there's a lot of kind of gray areas you'd be like well 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 if somebody's putting their hands on you Done. Yeah. Right? You don't have to worry about making a decision. The decision's been made. He, she, whomever, whoever is the physical aggressor has ma already made that decision for you. Yes. Period. Yes. They have, if somebody, man, woman, or otherwise, puts their hands on you, child, man, woman, child, animal, mm -hmm. somebody puts their hands on you, 
on your kid, on your dog, they are showing you exactly who they are. Fucking believe them and get the fuck out. This right. does not change. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't change. What a crazy story. I mean, I think it's awesome that you reached out to her and, you know, said like, hey, like we just kind of went through this traumatic thing together and I'm still here for you. And, mm -hmm. you know, that probably means a lot to her because like I understand the shame of it and I understand the, you know, I'm educated. I, you know, I'm financially set. This have, doesn't happen to people like me. Or, or, or even it's like not even like um, a victimology more just like I fucked up. Like how did I fuck up and get myself in this situation? Oh my God. That's exact, that is I'm almost exactly what she was saying. I mean, I get it. I shouldn't have there. gone back. I shouldn't have gone back. I mean, I've I been that girl. Done this. Yep. I've yep. been that girl and, and I get it and it sucks and it's embarrassing. And what's the most embarrassing is after you went back, right? Because the first time you left, you probably like rallied your girls and called your mom and everybody's on your side. And then when you went back, now you're an asshole, right? Like now you feel like an asshole. Now you feel like you fucked up. And now you feel isolated on top of also being in an abusive relationship and stupid and shame. Shame. It's the shame. Shame, shame, shame. Like Brene Brown talks about yeah. the shame. And I hate that. I get it. I get it. And I hate it. And it's something that, I mean, you might see her car over there. I'd be surprised if you didn't. Yeah. And you better believe I'm looking constantly. Yeah. Like I'm checking late at night and I'm looking first thing in the morning. And I, yeah. you know, be, you know, I, I sort of, you know, as we, as she was leaving um, yesterday morning, I, you know, we were trying to lighten things up a little bit, you know, at yeah. that point it had been pretty, you know, um, intense. And I said, look, I said, I said, when I was saying, I was like, I'm here for you. I said, look, I said, if I see you pull up in that driveway, I'm gonna run across the street and drag your ass out of there. Like, if yeah. that's what I have to do, I will do that for you. If, if you, I was like, I say, you, you need me to do that. I'll do that for you. Yeah. Like, if you don't feel like you can put those boundaries up yourself. I'll run over there and grab you up out of the driveway if I've got to, you know yeah. what I mean? Obviously, you know, my husband will kill me if I get too involved because I mean, he's I, terrified I'm going to get my, my ass kicked. But, but I think um, that's at least like in her head, giving her strength or the thought, like, here's somebody who doesn't think I'm pathetic for doing this. Like here's somebody who's on my side, who doesn't think I'm a big idiot for getting myself in this situation, which well, and nobody I think thinks that, but the biggest, well, right. So as much as I told her, like I said, there's, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be embarrassed of. I'm not judging you. This officer is not judging you. Yeah. Nobody here is judging you. The male officer told her, you know, we're not here to, we're not, we're not judging you. This is not, this is not your fault. Couldn't have told her that it's not her fault enough times. Right. right. Um, but it's that, that shame you're going, it's, it's that internal, how you're going to beat yourself up, right. which is far worse than anything that your neighbor thinks or your your mother or your you know daughters are going to think because we are not the ones that are going to think that of you ever right. right right it's it's your internal dialogue that's going to be your demise right it's yeah. that, it's your it's your not setting your own internal boundaries with yourself of what is okay and what is not okay um, it's, you know, the, the story you're telling yourself, it's, you know, it's all those things yeah. that if, you know, and this is, you know, there is no greater face down in the arena 
you know, moment than what she went through yesterday. Yeah, bless and, her. God bless her. You know, it's it's in that moment. And if you're a woman, like in that moment, and you know, even kind of going to Brandy's, you know, story, you gotta make the hard choice, right? Like it does not get better if right. you don't do the hard thing. We talk yes. about this all the time. I don't care if it's as something as stupid and simple as, you know, when we're talking about somebody's nutrition, you got to fucking make the hard choice, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, and, and yeah, some hard things are going to be fucking harder than other hard things. But yeah. if you don't do the hard thing, it doesn't get better. It just doesn't get better. Right. I mean, like, I mean, amen to that. And, and I promise you, because I've done so many of these fucking hard things and so have you, right? Like, from physical abuse to drug and alcohol addiction and, you know, all the hard, th all the hard things I've done in yeah. 47 years. I promise you when you get through the hard thing, number one, I have survived them all. Right. I have a 100% track record of surviving every single fucking- <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> every single fucking traumatic, hard fucking thing I've ever done. Um, and it's always been better on the other side. Always. Always, 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 always. I have never done something hard and fought some- really hard fought battle that made me want to kick and scream and cry and be depressed. And, you know, for, for days, weeks, months, a year right. that it didn't come out on the other side of that hard motherfucking thing better. I mean, that's growth, right? Right. That's you will that's survive, growth. right? You absolutely will survive the hard thing. What you might not survive is going back into that house again. I was just going to say, you're not going to survive getting your head beat in with a humidor. Nope. I and can you're tell not going to you... emotionally survive nope. having bullies and toxic people in nope. your life. You know? No. Nope. So... Exactly. You will not survive physically or emotionally if you don't do the hard thing. I promise you, you'll survive if you do do the hard thing. So how I mean, are you it's feeling simple, about it all As today? simple and as hard as that. It is that. It's that easy. It's that easy and it's that hard. So how are you feeling about it today? Cause that's like a lot. That's a lot. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't have to have another conversation with another person who wanted to share all right. of their physical abuse with me this morning. I'm not sure I was, I, I would have done it. I, I absolutely would have done it. I am here for it. Cause here's the thing, right? Like I, My mother-in-law said to me yesterday, she said, I'm so, I'm so glad you were there for her. All my clients said to me yesterday, thank God you were there for her. Thank God. Everybody said, thank God you were there for her. And I am glad I was here for her. But this is not what I want, need, or enjoy. Oh, doing. yeah. Nobody right? wants like, back to the heart stuff. Like nobody <laughs> wants to, right. you know, nobody wants to do the two stories that we just laid out. Like that, no. you know what I wanted to do for the last five days? Watch Netflix, you Eat know, bread and drink some canned seltzer. Right, that's that's what I wanted to do <laughs> with the five days of that I spent on bullshit. You know, you yesterday wanted to do your work and then you know, yeah, chill out. I didn't want to take on somebody else's emotional baggage yesterday. Right, I I did not want to do that. Um, but it is my in my core, that's who I am. Right, this is what I do. This is, you know, and yes, I, I will protect myself. I do know how to decompress and protect myself. So to your, you know, to your point, I got in a good workout this morning. Um, I was emotionally beat the fuck up yesterday. Um, but I got a good night's sleep. 
and I got in my workout, that is my time, right? Mm -hmm. Every morning, that is my time. That is my decompression. That is, you know, and I talk to people about it. I do not keep this shit to myself. I talk to my husband and I talk to you and I talk to, you know, I even kind of, you know, threw it up on Facebook yesterday because I was just like pissed and angry and sad. And, um, so that helped, you know, um, yeah, I, you know, now I'm, you know, keeping my eyeballs open. Um, I don't like that. I have to eyeball my fucking neighbors. I don't enjoy that. Like, I don't, I don't enjoy, you know, now, you know, wondering what the fuck is happening. I'm not going to enjoy having a, although I will, that's a lie. I'm going to enjoy calling the cops the first time he throws a fucking party. And it's funny because I, I was able to snap a picture of him in handcuffs as he was being walked to his car. And uh, I, I said that to my husband. I was like, guess no party for John tonight. Yeah. And you guys got a good night's sleep last night. Well, he was home, but he didn't throw a party. But it'll be interesting. I, to yeah. See I told it'll Eric, be interesting to see what happens. With him. It will be. Yeah. And I'll people be sure. can change. You can make your best sure. better. Sure. Yep. I mean, sure. Um, I mean, and I, I, I hold your breath, but. I'm not going to, um, I would love to believe that he will maybe, you know, maybe this is not the person he is. Maybe it is the, um, chemical altering substances he's putting in his body that is making him be this way. Maybe this is also his rock bottom. Maybe he'll, maybe he will get some help. Here's what I know. It's not my job to fix him. It's not her job to fix him. It's his job to fix him. Um, and you know, hopefully he does not get away with this and do it to anybody else or her again. Absolutely. Amen to that. Yeah. So it's so funny how like we both kind of had this like really bizarro situation week. And you know what I realized? We haven't even talked. So I, let's end on a good note. We, no, good note. We haven't talked since your grandpa had the phone call. Yeah. Did we talk about that on the podcast? I don't think what that was about at all. So I'll, let me give a the quick recap. Yeah, because it really is your story. I mean, you, you made it happen. Well, not really. So, well, you made it happen. I guess two, three weeks ago now, we went down to your grandparents' house, hung out. Your grandpa pulled me out to the sun porch and told me this very elaborate story about a pony penning. He was saying it was in the 80s. The time frames were a little off, but told me all about this certain situation. And there was this family that stayed at the house with them. And the little girl ended up getting one of the ponies for free. And this, and he knew all the, like the name of the company, then, um, animal planet came out. Right. And then through this whole thing, he was telling me that animal planet came out and did this whole show on this whole event he's talking about. And he was in the show and your grandma was interviewed and, and he's, I mean, just like extraordinary detail. So then when you and I, I think we walked down to get dinner after that, I was like, tell me this whole story. And you were like, what? what is he talking about you had never heard of it I had but it's I hear my grandfather's story so much that I think I it was one of those that was just like in and out and I was like okay whatever right well so I came home and I'm like god he gave me so much detail like let me just see if I can find something so I start kind of just googling the keywords he had said in this story and sure enough up comes this website it's somebody's blog site I think feather it was it was no it was on the feather fund yeah, right. So it oh, was yeah. a blog about the introduction of the Feather Fund. And sure, sure enough, it ends up being the exact story he told me verbatim. He was off by like 15 years um, or so. Yeah, because it was actually in the 90s. Yeah, in the 90s, in 93. But sure enough, the entire story from... The, and the, the story was kind of sad. The girl that got the pony 
they were going to come to Pony Penning that year and then her dad died, mm-hmm. but the mom brought her anyway, but they couldn't afford a pony. So there's a charity organization that donates a pony to a kid in need, which, you know, what kid needs a pony? But every single year, uh, every kid needs a pony. Yeah. Right. Every kid needs a pony for you. Well, so Google it and here come, and your grandpa's bottom line to me was he really would love to know where the little girl was mm-hmm. and what she's doing now and he made sure to tell me that you were really mean to her and, and he did never knew why which i don't think was true so we had the wrong year and the wrong granddaughter right um oh, was it oh I yeah guess so then I'm so guessing. then I, so i'll pick up where you left yeah. off and so brandy found the feather fund which by the way look it up it's actually a, a very it's, super it's a cool. very super inspiring story about a woman who um, she had cancer and she was, you have to read about how the feathers came to be and what, you know, what the feathers meant and, um, and that how she, how they, she started this organization where basically every year she, uh, donated a Shinkatee Pony to some mm-hmm. kid in need, um, and how she was able to connect with, um, this young girl, Alyssa, who was mm-hmm. 11 at the time and her mom, um, I don't remember the mom, shoot, 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 um, Anyway, I'll, I'll get uh, I'll get her name. Um, so you found the feather fund. I saw mm-hmm. her name on there. So I, of course, immediately go to Facebook and I throw her name into Facebook, and uh, up comes the feather funds Facebook page. So I go to the feather funds fa- feather funds. Say that five <laughs> times fast. Feather fund Facebook page, um, and there was a picture. Uh, there was a little YouTube video they had made of all the kids that had gotten ponies over the years, mm-hmm. and she was tagged in it. So what does Tina do? Tina clicks on her name, and then I see her Facebook page, and I'm like, sending her a message. Now, we mm-hmm. all know Facebook messages when you're not friends with somebody that go into this like weird black hole of Facebook messages, so who knows if she's going to fucking get it, because I don't always look at those, right? It goes into these other messages. So I messaged her and I kid you not, like, I think it was within 30 minutes to an hour. She messaged me back. Cause I was like, you know, I just kind of gave her the story and she was tickled to death. I mean, Ugh. she was just like, she, she couldn't believe it. And, um, that I had been able to find her and she'd always wondered what happened to, you know, my grandparents and, uh, her and her mom. So she is now 20. Eight like years 30, old, I think. She's, yeah. she's 28 years old. Um, and it was my much, much, much younger com- cousin Susie that okay. she played with, not me, because I was in my... I was, in my- I was like, why were you... You were 30 and being mean to 11-year-olds? Like, I, get it together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. It wasn't the 1990s. It was 2003. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. 2003. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. So I was like 31. <laughs> I was like... Yeah. No. I said, Alyssa, I'm pretty sure it wasn't me. Can you um, lay off the 11-year-old? I know, right? <laughs> I'm such a bitch. Um, so anyway, so oh, Lexi. Lexi is her mom. Um, so I said, hey, I'm going back because I went back down to my grandparents the very next weekend. So this all happened in the week between. Um, I said, is, if there's, is there any way I can set up a video chat with you? Now, Alyssa is now in France. Um, she is, um, she's, she was a teacher and, um, now she's getting into like immigration issues and she's been like, she's doing a master's program over there and, uh, stuff like that. Anyway, seems like a very cool human being. Um, so I set it all up and Eric and Nick and I went down the next weekend to visit and, uh, we, we, uh, 
we they got online. Alyssa, it was midnight in France. Mm-hmm. Um, her mom's in Wisconsin. The pony is still there. Yes, um, the pony's still alive. The pony. Lucky, lucky. The pony is seventeen, and 17. she said he's chubby and happy. Um, uh, yeah, because it was seventeen years ago. Um, so yeah, they they got to reconnect, and I forgot to tell you, I recorded it, so I I'll send you a link so you can, yeah, you can yeah. see. Um, but yeah, it went really well. They were, they were all very happy to talk to each other. And, um, it was really sweet because, um, Lexi, the mom, um, she was so afraid to travel with Alyssa by herself after her dad died. Cause the dad had just died. Had like, da- just died. Months, and she had right? never traveled by herself yeah. with, Aly- with Alyssa and she yeah. wanted somewhere safe to go. And she had reached out, contacted my yes. grandparents when they still ran their bed and breakfast, the scenic view. And um, they made her feel really comfortable. And they went down for several years, you know, mm-hmm. then and after. Um, so, you know, they all, after they got done talking, they made plans that, you know, if the pandemic ever goes away and Alyssa's able to travel back to the country that they would, right. you know, they would love to come and, and visit, you know, with Mamma and Papa again. And I told him, I said, I will absolutely set that up for you. And I'm supposed to be getting a copy of the, um, oh, know, the- video. Oh. Because there really was an Animal Planet video, and the part really was. I to also say was the woman who started the foundation, who donated the, a pony, and it, it sounds like she would just kind of just find a girl and connect with her. But she died right after the pony got donated to Alyssa. So right, and that's when the Feather Fund was started. Mm-hmm. Right, so she, yep. so Alyssa and this pony and this Animal Planet thing with your grandparents happened right before she then died of yeah. brain cancer. So look it up. Look up the Feather Fund. You can see the stories. It's pretty amazing. It's so awesome. Um, and so, yes, thank you, Brandy, for, oh, for doing I, the work and not ignoring my grandfather's stories. <laughs> like, I, well, you know, I had so many details to it. I'm like, there's no way. And I want to apologize to this poor little girl that Tina was so mean to. <laughs> it wasn't me. Well, and I also found out in that visit that Tina used to sleep with skeletons. I don't know what the fuck But then he wouldn't give me any more information, no matter how bad well, I tried. Well, he started telling a story. I, and here's how but the story giggling. went. This is how my grandfather tells stories. He started telling, he's like, I don't, he was talking about something else. And, I you know, I, oh, I think he was talking about how awesome I was because that's normal and then he was like but I don't even know how she survived and then it was because then it's like he stopped himself because he was going to say something and then he decided to fill in with because she sleeps with skeletons <laughs> and then he started giggling but he wouldn't say anything else no, so whatever so I think he was about to say something that was really heartfelt and emotional and true and then he was like no I probably shouldn't say that in mixed company so then I'll say She's uh, like skeletons. Oh, that made my day though. And I'm trying not to like die laughing because it was yeah. so funny. But so yeah, anyway, so that was, that was on a good note. So there were good things. So I think this was probably an hour and a half long podcast. Six, six hours of us talking. And we apologize. So. But hey, listen, so a couple more things. Super, super, super quick. Um, you guys have all been super awesome with rating and reviewing. We still need a couple more before we can do our first drawing. I think we're up to about 25. We need 50 for the first. Um, thank you to everybody who's having your sisters, brothers, mothers, boyfriends, and and every other family member do them. Keep doing that. Um, so the other thing that will really help us is actually, so I, I realized this, so it's not just rating and reviewing, but downloading and subscribing. Yes. So subscribe. And, and automatically download so that, you know, there's settings on your little podcast, especially You don't even podcast. have to listen if you don't want to. Nope. Just subscribe <laughs> and download. 
Um, and uh, rate and review, these things really help us. We are getting a lot more listeners, so that's good. Um, so we can get our message out there a little bit more. Um, but thank you for everybody who's been doing it, but please continue to do it. Uh, we appreciate it. And then we'll be doing our drawing as soon as we hit 50. Um, and yeah, so huge thank you on that. And I will say, so just real quick, I reached out to Officer Saunders. Mm -hmm. I emailed her, one, to commend her for how amazing she was. And two, I actually reached out to offer if there was anything I could do to volunteer or help with the women's self-defense courses that they give, right? So whether it was physically or, you know, if there's, you know, can I talk to the women? Can I, you know, coaching perspective, anything. Now, I haven't heard from back from her yet, but I think there's something bigger there, right? So you and I have talked about, and I'm not going to go into details, but we've talked about what is kind of we are always talking about like the next steps for us or, mm -hmm. or what else we do as coaches. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I think that there's definitely, there's a, there's a big theme in what we do as coaches, as far as like empowering women. Right. Right. So it's the empowerment and the advocacy. Um, and we do it obviously through health and fitness, right? So we're helping people be healthier in mind, body, spirit, right? So we're, we're helping it from that perspective. Um, which does truly extend into all these other areas of your life, whether it be standing up for, you know, trying to get that promotion at work or, you know, standing up to the bully in your life or, right. you know, or, you know, walking away from an abusive marriage. I mean, we have seen clients do all of those All things, of that. Um, all be, because they have felt more empowered. They mm -hmm. have felt stronger. They have felt um, physically, mentally, and spiritually capable of doing those hard things. Yeah. We've seen it. We've experienced it. We've watched our clients go through it, grow through it. We've done it ourselves. Um, so I think that's, that's like a next level thing, right? Yeah. And um, so we're, you know, these things sort of develop themselves. Well, you know, that, that's, that's sort of what happens. And um, I don't think I'd ever be able to give somebody absolute advice on like how to make a great coaching business because our shit sort of develops on its own. It just, it's, it just, everything we've done just sort of has been a natural evolution. I mean, yes, we, we do talk a lot of business stuff. I mean, Brandy in particular has super business smarts. Um, <laughs> but, but these things, this is, this is how we, this is how we grow. Right. I mean, these things just sort of, and I, I think there's something there. Well, I and, think it's because uh, we're, we follow it, right? Like we follow where the universe or God or whatever, it's kind of, taking us mm -hmm. yeah. and when something presents itself we're open to it and open to exploring it and open to growing on our own and not so set in like well we do x and that's it you yeah. know that's not it at all like it's, and we're not doing x to, to make money right like i'm so mm -hmm. god we're already both so rich i mean it wouldn't I matter mean, anyway right i mean <laughs> i'm i'm rich in life yeah i don't need money either. because yeah. Who needs money? Because my life is rich. But anyway, that's neither here nor so there. I think but that's awesome. I think that's awesome on all fronts. And I, yeah. I think it's cool that you reached out and gave her props because I really definitely believe that, that law enforcement needs to involve to include specialized units in domestic, domestic issues, mental health issues, things like that, because it's extraordinary to expect one law enforcement officer to do everything for everybody all the time. And there's such a nuance to domestic situations. There's a nuance to mental health situations. 
you know, I mean, and then some cops should just be out like going and getting the bad guy, but you shouldn't be, there's such an expectation that they have to do all the, like you and I can have feelings talks with people, but I don't, I'm not going to remember all the traffic laws or go kick down a door on a bank robber, right? It's just an extraordinary task right. to ask these people. Everybody should have a specialization. That's so why, you, I, you know, that's why you don't right. have people in, in fucking the corporate world where everybody does everything and knows everything. That's right. not how it's it fucking not, works. You have a CEO and a CFO and exactly. you have you have the financial analyst and you have the you know you have the business players. Right. You have accounts payable, you have accounts receivable. You have sure. Because, no, no. That's just not right. how it works. So you can't expect so I think our it's cops great that or they, teachers or anybody else yeah. to be specialized and you know they they but need I to think be that's specialized. A, that's amazing that they have a, a special unit and I hope yes. that that's you know something that we continue to develop because that those are the advocates for people who can't advocate for themselves, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that. So anyway, very All cool. Right. So next week we will get back down to business. Yep. Next we week's going to be peak, peak week and show day. Whoop, whoop. So that'll be awesome. All right. So two hour podcast. I feel like we're good. We can cut it yep, up. Here. We're good for today. We're all caught up. <laughs> um, all, right. all right, everybody don't get weird. Use your head. It'll all be okay. Bye. Bye.